This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. We, of course, are back here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And today, we are wanting to talk a little bit about what you can expect when you are purchasing property or renting a property here in Italy. What do things look like? What does the situation come down to? Set a size, space, all of these different things that might be a little bit out of the norm, maybe for somebody coming from the United States. But Marco, maybe we should start out with uh, what the size is, because especially if you're coming from the United States, there's, there's maybe a little bit difference in what is considered small and what is considered large out here. Um, what would you say is maybe a normal amount of bedrooms that a an apartment or a home would have here, like for the average person that is getting a place out here? Well, Italy is for sure much smaller than the U.S. Um, and consequently, um, properties, I believe... Uh, are smaller than what people get in the U.S. I would say that the norm here uh, would be two bedrooms for a normal property. I should say that probably the average property in Italy has two bedrooms. Uh, you can find something that is bigger. You can definitely find something that is smaller, but probably the average is like two, ba- two bedrooms and one bathroom. That's an interesting point, though, and I think it might be worthwhile, just while we're talking about the size of the apartments, that it is worthwhile to just quickly touch on how apartments are listed here, because in Italy, when you are looking at advertisements or, or when, it, when you see listings of apartments or, or homes, like standalone homes, which are much less common out here, they exist, but they're, apartments are definitely something that seem to be very much the norm in this country. Anyway... When you're looking, you'll very often see, you won't see like um, in the United States how it'll be like two bed, three bath, or well, no, three bed, two bath, the other way around, or um, two bed, one and a half bath. You here will see more often four rooms, three rooms, two rooms, uh, a mono locale, bilocale, trilocale, quadro locale, um, and those some of those rooms will kind of be combined together. For example, the living room and the bedrooms, like say a a living room and, and two bedrooms, that could be called a, a three-bedroom apartment. But if you have uh, an apartment with a live-in kitchen where you eat in the kitchen and have the usable space and then two bedrooms, they might also call that a three-room apartment as well. The 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 what was very fascinating to me was how flexible <laughs> the definitions are. So it is worthwhile if you're contacting or getting in contact, um, or well, I guess if you're working with you guys, you tell people about this ahead of time and get the definitions for them. But um, when you're looking, it's it's worthwhile asking. It's a camera da letto, a bedroom, or or a um, or a salon, like a living room, like what is this apartment made out of? And sometimes, very rarely, you might see a 0.5 on there because multiple bathrooms, especially in small Italian apartments, 
aren't that common. It does happen. Uh, but <laughs> it's a, a little bit of a difference when you're starting to look at the place. So I guess the next thing, though, is about the size. Like, what is it? And we're going to talk in meters here because I'm sure for both of us, it's much easier. I forgot feet a long time ago. Uh, but one inch, for those of you who are watching, is 2.54 centimeters. Good luck with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, when talking about the size of an apartment or a home, what is the normal size range that a person could expect? Maybe let's start from the apartments. Um, from my experience, I've seen that it's uh, almost, I should say, the norm uh, for an apartment to be between 50 square meters and maybe 70. Yeah. Um, there are bigger apartments, of course, but they're less common. Um, for example, here in Rovigo, the city where we are recording, uh, you will find that the 80% of the apartments are between 50 meters, uh, which would be a studio apartment, and 70, 80 meters, uh, which would be a two bedrooms and one bathroom apartment. For houses, it's a little bit different, uh, but more in the countryside. Uh, rather than in a city, uh, as you said before, in a in, in a city in the center of a city, it is way more common to find apartments for sale or for rent rather than houses, single houses. But the usual size of a an average house in Italy is normally between 150 meters square meters and 170 now speaking about houses and as you said a moment ago in the center of a city it is less likely to find houses like single houses for sale or uh, for rent it, they're more common in the countryside but speaking about sizes uh, the average size of a single house in italy which is normally uh, on two floors would be between 120 meters square meters and 150 or 60 square meters, which would be a house with two to three bedrooms and two bathrooms, normally one downstairs and one upstairs. So I think that's what people should expect from Italy in mm -hmm. terms of apartments and houses. Right. I think maybe to put this in other terms, like say 30 to 50 square meters would be comfortable for one person or a young couple 50 to maybe 70 or 80 a young family with one or like one kid maybe not two kids um, or an elderly couple it, anything above that is much more comfortable for a larger family maybe not like a, a family with 10 kids but um, it, once you get up to that level of say 100 25, 150, 180, you already start having some breathing room at that point. I mean, uh, if you are interested in finding out some of these, these conversions, I definitely recommend checking out Google and you can put 150 uh, square meters equals how many square feet. And there are converters online. Um, but uh, I, I want to say, I'm not sure of this, the conversion exactly, but I want to say something like 180 square meters is just shy of 2,000 feet, square feet, um, maybe between 1,700 and 2,000. I realize that's a bit of a range, but by that size, you already have like a pretty comfortable space. Whereas in the States, when you're talking about that size, it's like, 
all right, that's okay. <laughs> Not bad, oh, depending on where you are. If you're talking about New York, then that is a luxury apartment. Because <laughs> anything above a closet is... Uh, so think about it maybe in New York terms. Like, what would you find as far as sizes go? But in Italy, generally speaking, much lower prices. That maybe brings us to an interesting topic, though, of what should a person expect when they're looking at purchasing or renting? I realize that this is a difficult question because it depends on the specific location, but maybe to divide it up into a couple different regions and price ranges, what somebody could maybe expect, or even using Rovigo as an example. Normally, the average price for a property in Italy in a normal situation is about 1,000 euros per square meter. So again, in a normal situation, if you're paying less, it's generally a good deal. If you're paying more, it may be an overpriced property. Um, but again, in a normal situation, that is, I believe, what you should expect uh, in a normal town in Italy. Of course, if we are uh, talking about uh, very popular towns or cities like Florence or Rome uh, or Milan, this is definitely right. not the case, <laughs> or uh, other famous areas like the lake area or maybe the... Tuscany, maybe. Exactly. So in that case, the prices do go up. There are also situations where the prices go down. Uh, for example, the unknown area in uh, the region of Basilicata that nobody knows and nobody is interested in. Even if it's very beautiful, maybe, you know, it's, it's an Italian typical countryside. But It's, it's not something that a lot of people from other countries don't have a lot of familiarity with. Exactly. But uh, for a house that, it that is ready to be used, so that doesn't require renovation works in a normal situation, a uh, thousand euros per square meter. So if you are buying, for example, in Rovigo, uh, an 80 uh, square meters apartment for 80,000 euros, that's an okay price. Interesting. And would you say that in maybe a smaller town, you have a lot more room for flexibility for negotiating that price than maybe in a larger city? It could be, but again, it depends on the specific situation. Uh, for example, here in Rovigo, um, Amazon, like a big Amazon facility, just opened up like nearby. So the market is quite hot. But in areas that are less of interest, uh, where you may find that the market is a little bit slower, so owners may be um, more motivated and open uh, to sell. Interesting. And so I guess the next kind of moving on to the next subject, uh, what about uh, for apartments or homes? Is that something that you normally find with furniture or without furniture? What is the average typical situation like? That's an interesting question. And I believe that um, the situation in Italy um, is different from the situation in other countries. So when you're renting in Italy, it is very likely that you'll find an apartment that is already furnished. Uh, it is very unlikely in Italy to find apartments for rent that are not uh, furnished, that have no furniture. Uh, it's possible, but it's extremely unlikely. At the very least, they'll have the kitchen. Uh, and the person who's renting would be basically putting all their furniture inside and then removing the furniture when they go uh, out. But uh, like I said, it's a, it's a not common situation. So when you rent an apartment in Italy, even long term, you can expect it to be fully furnished, meaning with 
beds with um, the couch, the kitchen, the table, the chairs, everything will be already there. And of course, just, you know, uh, you, you can just make it nicer and put some of your stuff, but there will probably be no room for a lot of stuff because everything will be there already. Right. Uh, it is different for um, houses or apartments that you're buying, that you're purchasing. Uh, those normally come empty, so with nothing inside. Uh, in most cases, not even the kitchen. Uh, there may be situations where you can arrange with the owner to buy some of the furniture, to buy, for example, the kitchen. So you you may ask the seller uh, to sell you some of the furniture that, are, that you're interested in. Uh, if the seller is moving out of the apartment, but if the apartment has been for sale on the market for some time, uh, it's very likely that it's going to be completely empty. Mm. And I know of, uh, I've heard of some situations where the owner just doesn't want to move anything out and they're like, that's yours. You buy the apartment, everything inside is yours. Your problem, you deal with it. Yeah, especially with older furniture, you may find owners that just sell you the apartment as it is and then it's your responsibility to move out whatever you don't want there. So say you do find yourself in that sort of situation. Is it expensive to get those sorts of things removed if you don't want them in your apartment? It's not going to cost too much, but uh, yeah, you're going to have to hire somebody who comes and uh, takes it out of the apartment or the house. and uh, With a truck and everything. Yeah, so not too expensive. Like, would you say, like, is there maybe any kind of price range that a person could expect? Of course, it would depend uh, on the size of the apartment or house and how much furniture you have to move out. But I want to say anywhere between two, three hundred euros and a thousand euros. Interesting. And I guess it also depends on like what floor you're on and access Absolutely. to the elevator and so on. Because like, and I know even the building that I live in, they just put up a sign. Uh, elevator for moving people only no furniture no moving purposes at all um so there it, it, there are a lot of apartments that they just don't want you using the elevator for moving things uh and there are others where maybe you might be able to reserve it during a certain period of time it all depends on the specific building of course but I guess one other thing that's worthwhile being aware of I'm sure we've got plenty more to talk about but I think this will be the last one for today what about the security deposit? Especially because you mentioned before that if you're renting, it's very common that the uh, the, the the furniture is is there already. There's beds and kitchen and everything already actually in the apartment. What does the security deposit cover? Is that towards that or is it towards something else? Or how does that all work? I'm glad you mentioned that because in Italy, you normally pay, I think we talked about that in another episode where we talked about uh, renting in Italy, but you normally pay a security deposit which is equal to one to three monthly rents that you pay in advance when you're entering the property, before you enter the property. And that covers potential damages that you do to the property and the furniture. Uh, uh -huh. So by law, it's okay if the furniture at the end of the term of the contract uh, shows signs of usage, of normal usage. But when you instead damage uh, one piece of furniture or multiple pieces of furniture, then uh, what normally happens is that the owner, before the contract ends, or actually after the contract ends, but before they give you back the security deposit, they access the apartment and they check everything thoroughly to see if uh, you did 
damage uh, any uh, pieces of furniture. And if you did, if it's not due to a normal usage, then they will uh, subtract uh, a portion of this security deposit that you pay initially and just give you back the remainder um, because by law they're allowed to do so because they're furnishing the apartment with their furniture. If you caused any damages, then they are authorized to retain a portion of that security deposit. But could there ever be the situation where maybe a couch broke or you broke a bed or something and the cost of that went above and beyond um, your security deposit? Is there ever the type of situation where a landlord could ask you for that or demand that you pay more than that? Or is the renter protected that they don't have to go beyond that security deposit? It's an interesting question. I think it would be unusual that you exceed the amount uh, of the security deposit uh, with your damages. But if you were to exceed that amount, uh, yes, the owner would be entitled to request the difference to cover the damages that you created. That makes sense. I just wanted to, just in case, an extreme situation. I think it's always good to understand what the normal situations are, what the extreme situations are, and everything in between. So there's never surprises. I don't like surprises, and I know there are a lot of other people that don't like surprises out there. But anyway, I think this is a great place to wrap up. So if anybody is needing help with uh, moving to Italy and so on, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can reach out to us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com. They can send us a message through the website or they can give us a call. The number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian real estate or even Italian citizenship, be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to the audio only podcast, be sure that you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about moving to Italy, Italian dual citizenship, living life abroad and living life in Italy as an Italian dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Furia. You can also find me online through my audio podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter. And of course, again, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from italianrealestatelawyers.com. And I am Rafael Furia. Thank you so much for joining us again. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time. Later. Thank you.